0: morning. It is 10.07. Uh, if you just turn the radio on, we were earlier talking about the uh, balloon. Uh, just about everybody that called would have shot the damn thing down much sooner. Uh, Donald Trump said he would have. I'm pretty sure he would have. I would have. Uh, what, you know, why be so risk averse that you endanger the national security uh, when you could have brought it down in the, in the middle of big sky country? where there are just miles and miles of nothing. Oh, what a coward. What a coward. And what is the message that sent to China and others? Uh, uh, out of fear, we'll let it traverse the entire country and and coincidentally go over uh, military bases and uh, nuclear uh, uh, sites and, and just by sheer accident it went over those wait until it's out over the ocean no damage it, shoot it down the moment it incurs uh, it, it the moment it comes into our, our 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 sovereign territory there is no excuse for this anyway uh we're also talking about and this we just started uh, we just brought this up in maryland uh, cnn has this thing about how horrible the 40 hour work week is and how uh you know Back uh, before unions, people were working more hours. Literally, they want a 30-hour work week and they'll give you a tax break if you're in Maryland, if your corporation does this. Now, essentially, that's a tax shift. If you're not paying the tax and they continue to spend, they have to get the tax money from somebody else. So what they're doing, in a sense, is saying, we'll make somebody else pay your share of the bill if you cut workers back to thir- to a 30-hour work week. Because apparently this is, according to CNN, a horrible burden for Americans. We're just overworked. Uh, the, uh, the opinion piece at CNN says the four-day work week isn't exactly all that radical. The whole concept of a weekend was itself an invention brought about largely thanks to the advocacy of trade unions and it wasn't until the 1930s that the 48-hour work uh, weekend rather was properly established go back to 1800s early 1900s and see how many people had to work seven days a week in order to feed their families before the industrial age that was how you worked there was no alternative. It wasn't until the industrial age that you could work fewer hours, produce more goods, and have a, a shorter work week. It wasn't because the unions were so great. Unions were, were rampant in Europe uh, long before they came here. And yet Americans had a higher standard of living here than the Europeans did. Unions were not a great uh, were not a great addition to the U.S. workforce. It was the genius of American inventors who created better ways to make steel, better kinds of steel, automobiles, uh, and all of the rest that came with the industrial age. And a forty-hour work week, yeah, you can work it. But you're never getting, You're never going to move up the ladder. You're never going to get very far. Because that's not enough time to advance. No successful person I know works a 40-hour work week. CNN thinks we should cut it back to 30. Yeah, why don't we just make it an hour a week and, and let the government send us a check? Oh, wait a minute. They're doing that right now with welfare. Jerry is on in Columbia. Good morning, sir. Jerry, hello, Jerry. Hello. Yes, sir. Hello. Yeah. Yeah, I just want I wanted to say about that uh, balloon. Why would the military want to shoot it down? They want a bump on their defense. I, they want uh, a bump on their defense. But, All right, I you're, you're push- breaking up, Jerry. I'm sorry. Got to let you go. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan show. Um, yeah, I I don't know um, what he was saying exactly because he kept breaking up. Anyway, uh, th- this whole idea of a 30-hour work week is absolutely nonsensical. If somehow we're able to produce more, we come up with some new invention, um, like the industrial age did. Terrific! The marketplace will do this. This is how they'll seduce new workers. You don't need the government to to uh, engage in uh, bribery. If you you know you need a certain type of worker, and there's a shortage, and you're really a successful company, then you're going to say, "Here are the benefits. Uh, we're, we're only working a 35-hour work week." Uh, because we are so productive, you don't need the government to do this. That's how you get a better employee. But the marketplace does it, not the government. Eight seven four ninety three ninety toll free eight hundred five two nine five five seven two. Let's head to Ashland. Tommy is on the line. Good morning, sir. Good morning. My son works at SpaceX at Cape Canaveral. And when he started to work, they're expected to work ten-hour days, five days a week, maybe six if needed. And Elon Musk himself works eighteen hours a day. Yeah, that's how you. That's what successful people do.
1: I've always told my boys, if you want to
0: make it in this world, you got to work more than forty hours a week. Yeah. Do you know and anybody? They all, they're all successful. Do you know anybody who's been very successful that works a forty-hour work week? Not, not a soul. I uh, know no one. Doesn't happen, Tommy. Thank you for the call. Glad to have See you on the Gary Nolan Show. Just doesn't happen. Um, all right. A question that has come up for uh, for me and and Brian and I have chatted about this in the past is tipping. Everywhere you go, it seems there's a place on the receipt for a tip. It's almost intimidating. If I buy a cup of coffee and uh, all they've done is make the coffee and hand me the cup, I get the receipt and it has tip written on it. (laughs) What, Brian? Oh, I'm just laughing because I encountered a similar instance uh, this weekend while ordering online on food that I was going to carry out. (laughs) It, of course, asks you, do you want a tip? It's like, for what? I'm picking it up. All right, so do you think, well, gee, if I mark zero, they'll spit in the food? Yeah, I'm I'm thinking that, but I certainly hope they don't. Yeah, I I hope they don't, too. Uh, Do you really need to tip on uh, that to-go coffee? Uh, It's an article at CNBC. And it seems to be showing up everywhere. Every time I turn around, there's a place for a tip. They said while the pandemic brought about a new tipping culture to support service workers and businesses early on, there seems to be a more notable shift with the emergence of digital kiosks at checkouts, prompting customers to tip on to-go coffees, takeout orders, and other transactions previously free from the tipping culture. What was once a question of etiquette is becoming for many Americans a question of affordability. Inflation still lingers, and just last month, nearly two-thirds of Americans reported that they're living paycheck to paycheck, according to a report uh, from the Lending Club. Ultimately, how much you decide to tip depends on your own personal finances. But to offer a guide, CNBC select, asked financial professionals their advice. So... Uh, you, you you get one of these bills that you don't think deserve a tip? Are you intimidated into tipping, or do you just scratch it out? 874-9390-800-529-5572. We'll take your calls in just a moment. It's the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 20 minutes after 10. Glad to have you with us. Uh, if you just turn the radio on, we're talking about tipping. There's an article at CNBC... Uh, arguing that uh, something has changed and suddenly we're tipping everybody and I'm noticing this, I get a receipt uh, and it has uh, a place for a a tip. Um, You know, if somebody is bringing me my dinner and they do a great job, I give them a tip. And I just discovered something I didn't know. I thought that you could give a tip of 10% for, you know, like it was okay, 20% tip is a good tip. But according to two experts, twenty percent tip is the minimum appropriate for the standard tipped workers and that larger tips, more than twenty percent, should be done to recognize excellent customer service. Did you know that, Brian? I had no idea, no. I, I didn't you think twenty percent was I thought twenty was above, you know, what is expected. I thought fifteen was the common tip. If I, if I think I'm getting good service, I'll drop 20%, uh, $2 for every 10. And I thought that was a good tip. Now I'm finding out that uh, people are getting my 20% tip and probably thinking, what a cheapskate. <laughs> In the world where prices for everything are still generally high, you may feel you can't afford the standard 20% tip for workers relying on tips. And that's the next part of this thing. Wait staff, for instance, don't even get minimum wage. When you were a bellhop, did you get minimum wage? Uh, well, let's see. Yeah, I guess it was. It was tipped minimum wage. It wasn't your typical minimum wage. So you didn't wage. get a check for no, no. minimum wage. There was yeah. a different uh, pay scale for tipped employees, I believe. I, I, I'm i pretty sure it's still uh, the same. But yeah, I mean, you make like two dollars an hour. Your whole workday is based on tips, right? Uh, but apparently, that that no longer is the the metric. Uh, th- there, are people who and and that's why tipping exists. It's because these people are make, making less than minimum wage. For industries that are not reliant on tips, like car services, think routine oil change or a visit from a handyman. Uh, one of these experts suggests that. Tipping is optional, but you can tip 10% to 20% if you felt that they were above and beyond with their service. For cash-strapped consumers, uh, the, one of these experts suggests an alternative way to show appreciation for an all-day job at your home uh, from your handyman or movers is picking up a pizza or some sandwiches for their lunch, if easier, on the wallet. Um, for those uh, services that require cash tips, make sure you have a debit card that gives you free access to a wider network of ATMs. I I don't like using the credit card. I will, because in some situations, it's unavoidable. The problem with giving a, a service worker a credit card tip is that the IRS can trace that. When I give them a tip, I prefer to give them cash... As as I understand it, what the IRS does is they look at uh, these credit card receipts to figure out on average how much a service worker is making so they can tax their tips. So the fewer dollars you put in tips on the credit card, the more you give them cash, the lower that number is. So I prefer to give cash uh, in, in lieu of that. Sometimes it's just unavoidable. But I think we've just gone overboard on the tipping thing. Uh, it's it seems to be in places where it ought not be. Pay your employees what they're worth, and if they're service employees, and you get you know great service, go ahead and tip. You know, it, it's in a, here. Speaking of great service, Brian, look at this. I go into CC City Broiler for those of you down in Springfield. You may not be familiar with it, but it's a terrific steakhouse. I absolutely love going to CC. I get great service. I've been I apparently I've been a cheapskate giving them 20%. But when I go into Dryer's Shoe Store, which is a terrific shoe store in downtown Columbia, they they get down on their hands and knees and they look at the size of my feet. They put it in that machine. They and they have all to put up of, with the smell that's coming off of Oh, the bed. Yeah, I mean, just the uh, that's why they always wear a mask when I'm there. <laughs> but I don't tip them. I just pay for the shoes. So um, seems unfair. I mean, when does it stop? Well, I mean, w- what employee do you tip your dentist and your dental assistant when you're sitting in the chair and they're done? It's like, good job. Here's uh here's 20% of what I'm already going to pay you. I mean, certainly there are some professions that you should know. Okay. I don't have to tip this guy. I mean, a plumber, an electrician that comes over to your house. How about a contractor? Uh, How about Adam Kinser from Service Master? (laughs) I mean, those guys do just phenomenal work, and they They work their butt off. But are they required? No, they're not required, but should you? Well, you know, one of these experts that we talked to said, you know, if they're, they're working all day, buy them sandwiches or a pizza. I bet they'd appreciate that. Uh, Doug says, you know what bugs me the most about tips? Ever since COVID, I tend to order and pay for most of my takeout orders on the phone using Apple Pay. Why in the heck does Taco Bell, amongst others, uh, fast food places, ask to round up when paying? They literally are handing uh, handing me my order in a drive-thru window. I don't ever round up. Are they doing that for a tip or are they doing that for charity? Some places will collect, uh, you know, money for charity by rounding up to the nearest dollar. I, I, I don't think that's a a big tip. I don't know, but it is, I think, out of place uh, in many cases, and it gets a little bit challenging. All right, Donald Trump in the news. It did did you watch 60 Minutes last night, Brian? I did not, no. Alright, well, they had these prosecutors on in New York, and they think he should be prosecuted. Um, the head uh, prosecutor for the city are, is saying no, we're not going to do that. Some observations about all this, and if that's not enough, it turns out that the uh, Coke network uh, is going to try to defeat Donald Trump in his bid in the primary. He's not alone. There there are others uh, who who are, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, um, George Soros is trying to defeat Donald Trump. The article says, uh, Billionaire Koch Brothers Network, it's not the Koch Brothers Network anymore. There's just one Koch Brother left on that group. Of donor class organizations is vowing to oppose former President Donald Trump as he looks to secure the Republican nomination in the 2024 primary race. By the way, the Republicans, pardon me, the Republicans need to limit the number of opponents, the number of people who throw their hat in the ring. Because if you have too many. Contestants, Too many uh, uh, people trying to win this uh, nomination. Somebody can win on a plurality instead of a majority. So they need to run around to all these people who are thinking of throwing their hat in, who really don't stand much of a chance and say, you know, don't do that. That is, of course, uh, for the people who are not fond of Donald Trump. If you're a Donald Trump fan, you want as many people to throw their hat in the ring as possible. Anyway, we're going to go over some observations from that 60 Minutes piece. We'll do that next on the Gary Nolan Show. And uh, we'll talk about uh, what the Republicans would need to do. Is it unfair that the Koch uh, organization is, is going after Donald Trump? I get, by the way, I, I should tell you, I must get a gazillion emails from the Trump people. I mean it's it's nonstop. He is he's is really pushing. Uh, I'm not a big the, not the biggest fan of Donald Trump. I mean he did some things that I really like, but I, I just seriously don't think he's the guy for the next for the next four year, four years. Uh, after Biden is done. I think the Republicans could do better. But there is an interesting observation made after watching those prosecutors talk about Donald Trump in New York. And I'll tell you what the Democrats are thinking. Also, some interesting polling data when you compare Donald Trump to Joe Biden. So we will share that with you, too. That'll be in just a few minutes. On the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. It's 1035. Gary Nolan Show, glad to have you with us. If you just tuned in, we're talking about uh, Soros uh, and the Koch uh, organization. Uh, both don't want Donald Trump. Um and an observation or two here in just a minute, along with a piece at 60 Minutes about prosecuting Trump. Jeff sent me a message. I assume he's being facetious. Uh, sounds like I need to boycott Coke. No more cherry Cokes or Mr. Pibbs for me. For anybody out there that's confused, and I'm sure he's being facetious. Uh, that's not C-O-K-E. It's K-O-C-H, Coke. Um all right, so 60 Minutes, they talked about, what, you know, Trump's not being prosecuted. And interestingly, uh, it might be, on, I mean, you got a Democrat prosecutor that is not prosecuting Donald Trump. Even, you know, and they, it, one of the prosecutors that they had on is saying that, look, they, they've got everything. They can do it. They can go after him. I don't think the Democrats want to. I don't think the Democrats want to prosecute Donald Trump at all. I think they want to keep the sort of Damocles hanging over him the whole time that he's trying to run. And I don't think they're really afraid of him. This This is the feeling that I get. They could prosecute him, apparently, or allegedly, but they don't do it. If they're Democrats, why not? It would take Trump out. Well, I would argue because they want that to haunt Trump and his candidacy the whole time. Does more harm. Does more damage. Uh, They prosecute and take him out. I believe they're of the impression that he is more beatable than a lot of his supporters think. And that um, if they don't uh, prosecute him and he manages to get the nomination... They can beat him and win another four years. This is just my opinion. Uh, You may disagree with that. You may think there's a different motive for not prosecuting him. You may think that they are afraid of him. And uh, look, the interesting thing is if he gets prosecuted anywhere, it looks like it's going to be in Georgia. But we don't know. Uh, I just don't think the Democrats... uh, view him as difficult to beat. Although polling data seems to indicate that he's slightly ahead uh, when compared to Biden. Every once in a while, somebody will do one of these, uh, you know, polls, kind of a snapshot in time, and uh, Trump will turn out uh, above it by two points or below uh, Biden by a couple of points. The latest one that I saw shows Trump ahead of Biden. I don't think the country wants either one. I don't think. I don't think by and large, if there are any alternatives, I think that's what America wants. We're so incredibly uh, divided, and and we've been run by these really, really old folks. Uh, you know, admittedly, Trump only had like four or five years in politics. But I think a lot of people are thinking, let's get some younger blood in there. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that uh, that uh, Trump is invincible. But I do know this. If the Republicans don't want Donald Trump, then they need to pare down the number of people who throw their hat in the ring. This is coming from a guy who's going to vote Libertarian. I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm going to vote Libertarian. I always do. But if, if the uh, Republicans don't want Donald Trump, they need to go around to all of the lesser candidates and tell them not to run. Because Trump can win with a plurality for sure. I would, I, I'll tell you what I would like to see. Uh, I would like to see it come down to DeSantis and Trump. I think those are the two strongest candidates uh, who could put their hat in the ring. And I I really do believe DeSantis could win that. And I think he would be, uh, I would argue, marginally better than Donald Trump. All of this needs to be kept in perspective, people. Um, so you understand where I, where I am. We're in deep. Deep debt, we keep spending, we're taking away people's liberty, we have the government controlling every asset uh, and every facet of your life, and neither party's going to stop it. Lesser of two evils doesn't mean it's not evil. Heading for the cliff, same direction, just a slightly different speed. But I do mean slightly. 874-9390-800-529-5572. 874 uh, 9390 Your comments are welcome. Uh, you can go to GaryNolan.com. Send me a message there, too. Karen, good morning. How are you? I'm fine, Gary. How are you all? I am doing well. Thank you.
1: Good, good. I am, have an opinion. Uh, I think that uh, someone's going to run on the Democratic ticket. Who do you think? Of all the people that you've heard of that you think could absolutely win against
0: anyone. Uh, As a Democrat? Yeah. On the Democratic ticket? Uh, Exactly. Yeah, They're in trouble. Their bench is very shallow. I think they're going to end up, um, I think the governor of California is going to throw his hat in the ring if if, uh, Biden doesn't stay there. But I think Biden stays. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I think Biden stays, too. I think they've got him so ribbed up with stuff, he'll keep going. They're using some kind of medicines on him. And I honestly think, in my opinion, he's not getting the shots. He's getting the stuff they took away from DeSantis to give to people to help them. That's what I think. I think some of these people in the government are not getting these clot shots, what I think, <laughs> even though I've gotten two of them.
0: Yeah. If you, know? uh, have you you've decided I, not, to, not to get any boosters.
1: No, thank you very much. Uh, I'm 81, and I've gotten two shots, and I know uh, a couple of people that have had heart problems a little while after, and they were perfectly healthy. And um, I've got underlying things, and they're trying to give them the babies, and
0: no, thank you.
1: Uh, What I wanted to say was, my opinion is that Michelle Obama is going to run.
0: I don't think so. Oh, I think so. Yes, no.
1: I do. They are sticking her out there. You are finding pages with her picture on it, book sellings, signing, talks, all kinds of stuff all of a sudden.
0: No, I'm, I'm gonna disagree with you there. I don't think really? they're gonna, that she's gonna run, no.
1: No, and, I'm with you about uh, that dingbat in California. Yeah, I think he will run. But I do believe I think Michelle Obama could beat anybody.
0: I will tell you the best thing that could happen to the Republicans <laughs> is if Biden gets a challenge. If Biden gets a challenge from the inside, Biden will still win, but he'll be so weakened that he will lose the next presidential.
1: Yeah, he's he's uh, yeah. I All agree right. with you there. Isn't it? but he's he's such a great person.
0: Biden? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Karen, I got Bite him. <laughs> Yeah, bite him. All right, Karen, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Keith, good morning. How are you? Uh, good morning. How are you guys doing? Doing well.
1: <laughs> on the uh, candidate problem, uh, I just tuned in and I heard Michelle Obama mention uh, that's my biggest fear in life as well. Uh, but to counteract my own problem, I wonder if she would take any kind of a presidency if she didn't have control of the houses of Congress because she wouldn't have complete control of the country then.
0: Yeah, I don't... I really, really do not think that she is going to run. Uh, Everything, uh, it seems to me, is pointing in a different direction. I think Biden is going to... If he survives uh, for the next two years, and God willing, I I hope he does... um, He'll run. And well, he'll win the yeah. nomination.
1: Yeah, I think if Biden goes ahead and runs, I, I don't know. Uh, the Michelle thing scares me. I, I hope my own argument would hold true. And I, God forbid her ever winning this thing.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, and, and by the same token, our current vice president, we we sure don't want her to be in the White House. <laughs> well, she-
1: She's harmless. Uh, I think
0: the other one could be real trouble. All right. Keith, thank, thank you for the you. call. Glad thank to have you. you. Uh, sorry. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan show. Uh, what is this? Uh, Trump and Hillary were the two worst choices ever. Hillary is why he won. Um, all right. This is uh, on the shot. Uh, let's see. I want people to not forget the shot was made under Trump administration under Operation Warp Speed, now we are not forced to take it under uh, that time, uh, and this is coming from a former Trumper. All right, quick break. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. Coming up uh, in a few minutes, uh, we may be talking about your utility bill. Columbia Heartbeat has an interesting piece. And I guess this is coming up with City Council. Maybe we can get uh, the news god from Zimmer Radio to come on. Do you think that uh, Brian Houseworth... That's possible, beautiful. but he's out uh, banging the pavement right now. And that's a good Looking for stories, yes. Yeah, you know, he's got to work that 35-hour uh, week. No, it's more like uh, 70 for Brian, but... Uh, I have come in on weekends. I know. At night, and Brian Houseworth is in front of his computer clicking away. <laughs> but, and he clicks very well. You, have you ever watched him type? But th- <laughs> <laughs> he's got this method of typing that is unlike any person you've ever seen type on a keyboard before. It's not different than you. Oh, no. It's much different than me. <laughs> but he he's he's there like, uh, you know, on a Sunday night at uh, 9 o'clock. He's in there cranking it out. Um, but if he's back, I want to talk to him. Yeah, about I'll it. see if he's available. In uh, the homeless shelter... Near the business loop uh, That's going to be in front of the city council today So we'll talk about that in the next hour Among other uh, topics uh, We've been talking about uh, the next presidential election Because it started The minute the midterm elections ended And Donald Trump was the first one To throw his hat in the ring uh, The The Koch network Does not want Donald Trump um, Democrats, I think they almost want him because they think he's vulnerable, and if the Republicans don't want him, I'm arguing they need to narrow down his opponents. Because if if he's got a uh, a, a bunch of opponents, he could win on a plurality, and well, that could be problematic uh, for the Republicans at least. So uh, apparently, Elon Musk has uh, won in in court. We were talking about. And by the way, Twitter, he says Twitter is almost at break even, not in bankruptcy danger. Uh, and he goes on to talk about his work week. We were just talking about uh, CNN promoting the 30-hour work week. I go to sleep, I wake up, I work. Go to sleep, wake up, work. Do that seven days a week. That's what it takes. It really is a challenge. Uh, to be successful, and you can't do it in 40 hours. Uh, Wall Street Journal at the recent Tesla trial on Twitter, Elon Musk gives a glimpse into the personal challenges of a billionaire executive. When does he sleep? Last three months, extremely tough, he writes, Elon Musk, has had to save Twitter from bankruptcy while fulfilling essential Tesla and SpaceX duties. Wouldn't wish that pain on anyone. Twitter still has challenges. But it's now trending to break even. If we keep at it, public support is much appreciated. Man, it, it takes more than genius. What was uh, what was Thomas Edison? It was ninety nine percent perspiration, one percent inspiration, to be a success. Anyway, uh, so that's uh, that's also uh, in the news. We've got a couple of other things here. Let me get to this. Um, oh, the electric car thing keeps coming. Oh, by the way, apparently there is some legislation that um, Missouri legislators are fighting, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, legislators from Missouri are fighting, dealing with battery-powered cars. I saw this at Carbuzz. And I thought it was really interesting, and I meant to bring it to the show this morning, and I didn't. Uh, Over the top of the hour, I'll go look for it. But it was a a great piece uh, about what these legislators are doing. But there is um, a a news piece here. Tom uh, McCloney from Inside EVs. Here's why free electric car charging should be banned. Nearly every non-Tesla electric vehicle sold in the United States comes with some variation of a free charging offer that can be redeemed on specific public EV charging network. The offers range from three years of free unlimited charging all the way down to two complimentary free charging sessions. The free charging plans, especially the ones that offer unlimited free charging, are beginning to strain The already inadequate, often unreliable, D.C. fast charging networks across the United States. An assortment of EVs with free charging plans charging um, uh, uh, at uh, Electrify America station in New Jersey. Recent study by Standard & Poor's Global Mobility indicates that public charging stations need to quadruple by 2025 to accommodate the expected increase in electric vehicles on the road by then. Even that won't be enough if automakers continue to offer unlimited free charging plans. The big problem, the unlimited free charging programs, is they incentivize people that can charge at home to not do so, but to use public infrastructure instead. So even the battery-powered people are... ...a little leery of this... Um, these uh, ...those uh, charging up for their weekly driving needs... ...are much more likely to stay until the vehicle is 100% charged... ...like filling up a gas tank until the pump shuts off. That ties up the chargers for longer periods of time. Some EVs actually take longer to charge from 80 to 100%... ...than they do from 20 to 80%. Therefore, the car is often plugged into the charger... For more than double the time that it would be if unplugged at 80%. This gives you an idea just how really rotten battery-powered cars are to keep running. Now that they're growing in popularity, the D.C. fast charging stations are getting overwhelmed. Look, they're a small percentage of the cars sold. They're a lousy deal buying one now is especially is an especially bad idea because the technology is going to change dramatically if in fact they're able to sustainably keep battery powered cars in the marketplace i think you know the people who like them were already environmentalists and anti gas and so their rate of recidivism their their willingness to buy that same battery powered again and again is probably higher than most. But if you're not fond of the idea of waiting for hours to to fill your tank, if you're not fond of the idea that you have to park your car outside the garage because it's so likely to burst into flames, you're probably not going to buy a battery-powered car. All right, uh, 874-9390, 800-800. Five two nine five five seven two. 5572 A little local news Also uh, the 1619 Project Hulu is offering up a document A docu-series That apparently is Well Not very accurate But I guess that really doesn't Bother the left They don't care if it's inadequate or Inaccurate or wrong They promote it anyway Because it's the end justifies the means mentality. And finally, a swimmer with an American flag on his cap in honor of his grandfather that was killed the September 11th terror attack disqualified from a high school race in New Jersey. All that and more on the next hour of the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show.